What's up? This is Ralph Trezvan. You're listening to Reviews and Done with my dude, Derek Dunn. Keep it locked, fam. Back Review, a.k.a. Throwback Reviews. Now, the album I'm going to get into today is from 1998, 22 years ago, back when Barack was still a senator, back when Trump was still an asshole, back when... (laughs) R&B ruled the airwaves. I think I was a sophomore when this joint dropped. That's right, folks. I'm talking about Master P's R&B group, Sons of Funk, and their album, The Game of Funk. Now, my guest today might know a little bit more about this album than I do because he actually hails from Master P's home state of Louisiana. That's right, folks. I'm talking about a Pelicans fan. I'm talking about a Saints fan. I'm talking about a brother who can not only sing, but this brother who's on the line with us today can make a gumbo roux from scratch. So this cat doesn't go out and buy the Zatarain's box brand. This cat can make a gumbo roux from scratch and put others to shame. I'm talking about my homie, my friend, the singer himself, Mr. Vocals IZ. Welcome to the line, sir. How are you doing? What's going on, man? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, man, thank you for taking time out of, you know, making your own music to hop on and chop it up. So, you know, man, I got to ask you, man, growing up in the New Orleans, what do you recall about the Sons of Funk and their debut album when it dropped? You know, and that's what I found interesting about it is because considering who they were signed to, you never heard them outside of that one big single that everyone knew the pushing inside of you, you you never heard them they were never there you never got to see them it was almost like they didn't exist away from california <laughs> <laughs> well you know man i think people forget you know that are a bit younger than us and kind of like i'd say that 20s demographic you know we we forget just how much music p was dropping like left to write and I'm not even like a diehard No Limit fan so they were dropping so much music yeah. like at 97 to like 90 98 and it's like so many cats would have one album on No Limit and you never hear you would never hear from them again you know oh, yeah. in the mainstream I mean exactly. Skullduggery Mac Fiend The Little Soldiers like who remembers The Little Soldiers like in their album you know, them cats have that little small soldiers motif, but yeah, man, little soldiers, Mercedes, Moby Dick, just like so many artists. But, you know, shout out to P for what he did and what he accomplished with music. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he put in a lot of work and he gave a lot of folks a shot. Uh, just, I guess, you know, you're doing so much at this, at one time, it's very difficult to give everyone the attention that they deserve. And, and, that happened quite a bit with them. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, folks, we're going to get into this album, The Game of Funk, Sons of Funk, uh, released on April 21st, 1998. So, I was a sophomore in high school. As my man vocal said, you know, Sons of Funk had that one big song, Push It Inside of You, and then right around the time this, the album dropped, they had the single, I Got the Hookup, you know, which they were featured on. So, it's it's actually you know a decent album. Um, I remember you know half bumping this joint when I was in the Air Force stationed over in Europe, and a couple songs on here you know made their ways on my late night slow jam mix CDs. So uh, my man vocals, like I said, folks, he's a singer himself, so he might be a little bit more you know harsher on this album than I am. But let's get right into it. Up first is "Make Love to a Thug." Got me haunted, haunted, you girl. I'ma bring the sun. 
Master P by Sons of Funk. Uh, this is one of those tracks that didn't really age that well, and it could be because of P's raps. Right. So for me, it was kind of a mediocre way to start off the album, only because, you know, P was never a good lyricist, and the ad-libs and all that were unneeded. And you folks are going to see as we get deeper into the album, these brothers could actually sing. So I think where P messed up was you know making this like a, a no limit album when he should have just let them let these guys just sing and let it be on no limit and it's nothing wrong with meshing hip-hop and r&b but you got to come in at the right time and for this song you know p just wasn't hitting so vocals you know it's all you play what you think well you know it, you kind of hit the nail on the head there because to me it felt like one, it almost just felt like it was a remix to how you do that there. You know, the same beat. You know, he didn't really allow the guys to sing on here. And I think that wasn't a great way to start the album because this is your first singing group. You know, the first song should have just been them singing. You didn't need Master P on there. Uh, you didn't really need, I almost, me in particular, just to set a precedence, I would have put a ballad as the first one on the, on the, on it just to say, hey, these guys are singers. We're not playing. This is just not a gimmick. And this first song kind of, to me, it kind of set a bad opening tone for it because I think this might be the one of the songs I like the least on the whole album. All right. I told you, folks, this man's a singer. You know, he he's from New Orleans, so he ain't got to hold back. <laughs> so we're going to uh, keep moving. Up next is the Earthman and Fire sampling. Son's reason. Mm. <laughs> you know what, son? After this one here, everybody gonna know the reason. You heard? <laughs> it ain't no limit, baby. Folks, that was track number two, Sun's Reason. And ironically, September 21st is Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. So that's just a bit of an oxymoron, if you will. Now, <laughs> first and foremost, let me get this out the way. If you're going to do reasons, God damn it, you better do Philip Bailey proud. Because Philip Bailey's falsetto on this song, especially on the live version, yes. is just one for... One for the ages. I mean, if yeah. you've never seen Earth, Wind, and Fire live, you know, once this COVID clears up, go out to see Earth, Wind, and Fire live and hear how Philip Bailey sings this song live 
and how long he holds that note for. That being said, I thought this was actually a decent cover. They didn't try to overdo Philip Bailey. They didn't try to, you know, make an earthman of fire. They put a little bit of Southern Soul on there with the harmony, with the blending of the voices and all that. But once again, you know, P didn't need to start the song with that. Uh, you, know, have, you know, I'm a bit older now, so I can't do it like I used to do it. That was unneeded. <laughs> but it's still a quality track, decent cover. One of my better songs on the album. Vocals, what you think, homie? You know, look, you're banging the nail right on the head because I also agree, did it mean Master P to open it up? But even though they don't really have the chops to pull it off, I really enjoyed the song. Like, I like the way the beat kind of upgraded the reasons we already know to kind of give it that younger feel. And, you know, that it worked just for me. It just was one of those songs on the record, you know, you're thinking to yourself when you hear it, like, reasons? Oh, come on. But when you hear it, you're like, pleasantly, you enjoyed it. And I, I think the, the beat played a lot into that, and the guys didn't overextend themselves. Uh, when it comes to, you know, saying that they knew what their limitations were and they just stayed in the pocket. And I, I enjoyed this song, just like you said you did. Yes, sir. And I mean, to piggyback on what you said, you know, with a bit of a caveat, you know, as a singer, it's just it's certain songs that you don't cover. And if you are going to cover it, you just want to pay homage to it and just, mm-hmm. you know, have fun with it. Make it make it your own, but don't try to outdo the originals. <laughs> yes. I mean, That's for right. I mean, for me, I think those three songs to me that you just can't cover from the old school are Reasons, mm. Donny Hathaway, oh. A Song for You, oh, yes. and probably Mint Condition, Pretty Brown Eyes, because just the way the OG sang those songs, it's going to be hard for anybody to fully sing those yes. songs because you got to have a certain type of register. But all right, folks, we're going to keep it moving. Up next is track number three, You and Me. Ah, let's say we just sip some crystal, lay between my sheets, because ain't no limit to this here. Send the phone, let's see. I see us on the floor, crystal and cream, dripping down your body, such a sexy scene, wanna... single days was a secret weapon and that I featured heavily on all my slow jam mixes and all my slow jam CDs. R&B thuggery at its finest without <laughs> being overly R&B thuggery. No yeah. Master P, no ad-libs. I mean, this is one of them joints where you just with your lady, you know, you're driving in the ride, you got a St. Ives, you know, if you can drink. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you, you threw it back. <laughs> and just let it Right out. So one of the strongest songs on the album. Vocals, what you think? You know, and, and this one had me conflicted because that, that track definitely gave you that real 90s R&B feel that you kind of really enjoy. Uh, and to me, it always, and just to me, I've always felt like uh, Sons of Funk felt like they were going for a silk sound. And this kind of gave me like 
this would have been like a silk record. And you know, of course, silk, those, those brothers sing, sing their faces off. But yeah, the, this, one, this one was like right there. It was a good song, real good record. It gave you that good 90s feel. I think, yeah, you, you might hit the nail on the head with putting that on that love mixtape. <laughs> All right, we're gonna keep it moving. Up next is the um, second single, an official first single, I got hook up featuring Master P from the same title movie. I got the hook up. just because it was on the soundtrack and this felt more like what it really was, was a masterpiece song with Sons of Funk singing on it. And I just felt he did them a disservice putting that on this. Uh, just because like I said, just those uns alone, it takes a strong stomach to keep from switching the songs. Cause it really, you know, it just ruined it. And I felt bad for these brothers that he put it on there. And, but I think, you know, I can see why, because if people like them from the movie soundtrack, you know, it's the natural attraction to the album. But yeah, I felt bad for the brothers that he put that on there for. <laughs> yeah, totally. From a from a marketing standpoint, I get why he did it. It's almost like, um, because I, I'm pretty sure the single was successful when it came out. Yeah. So, you know, if folks didn't buy the single, they bought the album. And like I said, P's running was just... Untouchable. I mean, one of my very good friends, uh, my homie, Mr. Lee Hawkins, was like the biggest No Limit fan in the world. Oh, Every wow. single Tuesday, man, this cat would make sure that he bought the No Limit CDs. Like, he, he'd buy No Limit record, like, before he'd buy, like, something else popular. I mean, he was that devoted oh, to wow. No Limit. So, you know, P was just 
on fire. So, you know, I get why he did it because, again, I'm pretty sure that in some of these contracts, as I alluded to earlier, his little ad libs were ensuring that he got paid. Yeah, and, and the way they recorded, it just, you know, I think at one point, I think Pete kind of seemed to feel like he was the draw for No Limit. So it was almost like I have to, he, he gave the impression that he felt like he had to get on everything because people, when they hear No Limit, they heard him. But I think, you know, if the studio they recorded it was so small and they were all there. So literally you'd have everybody on the label sitting in the studio. And so just out the booth, he said, oh, go in there and do something on that. You know, and not thinking if it may be cohesive to the record or if it may derail kind of a song that could be a good song if he just let that particular artist do it alone. Yeah, his version of a take that, take that. (laughs) You see what you're doing, P. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we ain't gonna... (laughs) Nah, man, because... um, Nah, because real talk... um, but I read Mark Curry, you know, if you guys remember Mark Curry from Bad Oh, yeah, Boy, yeah, that book. Oh, yeah, wow, that book was outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I read his book, um, Mark Curry, you know, broke it down to a certain individual over Bad Boy Records who um, the take that, take that, the showing up in videos and all that, he was actually charging mm-hmm. his artists to do all that. And here you thinking, like, you know, you the box mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking like yo 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 chic yo chic it's styles p man and you know puffs coming down to be in the video come to find out when you get that contract Look. this cat didn't you know charge us you know five g's to say take that take that but basically eating off your budget. So you paying you then pulling it back off the budget, then still recouping off top of the budget after that. So that's another conversation for another day. But basically, oh, yeah. folks, you know, <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Puff for doing everything dirty that he did, but it was also legal because it was in the contract. So folks in the music industry, read yeah. your contracts. Oh, man, I could tell you some contract nightmares, my man. It, those contracts are horrendous. Alright, so we're gonna keep it moving. Up next is Y'all All I Want. Te quiero amor y sentirte dentro de mí. Besar tu cuerpo alrededor. Papi, tú eres todo para mí. Lay with me. Touch us so softly. I'm gonna love you for the rest of your life Lady, have no fear Let me take you there Holding on and on for the rest of the night All I want, all I need, all I ever want We want you more Close your eyes It's morning time We can love over and over again Alright, that was Y'all I Want Track number five Alright, so maybe it's cause, you know I've upgraded my audio equipment but I used to like this joint, man, back in the day. But man, those are some struggle vocals right there. <laughs> now, now, listen, you know, I can't sing a lick. I can't, you know, and I'll admit that. But yo, them were some struggle vocals, and it, it could be the audio equipment that I'm hearing now, you know, that it's like bringing it out. I mean, it's, it's a good song, but the vocals weren't nearly as strong on some of the previous songs. It's almost like this wasn't mastered properly. 
so yeah, so I'm I'm gonna bring it over to to a real singer, and maybe maybe he heard what I heard, and maybe I'm being too harsh, but you know, vocals, man. What you think, brother? I gotta ask you. You, you know, I think that's you know just through the course of the album, the the vocals are up and down. Like, so I don't know if it's you know being the fact that the brother who's singing the high parts, maybe that's really not where he's supposed to be singing, and his voice gets tired or something. But yeah, the vocals kind of are up and down on the record on this one they tend to struggle on the lead but later in the song like the, the chords that they chose harmony wise were some of the best on the album um but yeah i wish they would have had more of that horn in there that horn that they were playing periodically through that that smoothed it out a little bit and the track was nice it's just that yeah, you hit the nail on the head like you know, just the singing kind of took away from what had the potential to be a good song or a better song because i still liked it but it could have been much better with better vocals and once again, to piggyback off my man Vocal's uh, commentary, you know, this cat right here knows what he's talking about because he's a huge Take Six fan. So he knows about harmony and structure and just how you're supposed to sound. I mean, you know, often like, you know, he and I go back and forth. You know, all in good fun, though, in our group uh, on Facebook, the Soul Stereo Cypher, shout out to my man, Ever Bowser, just yeah, talking yeah. about talking about music and all that, and so take six. It take six. Boys to Men are probably like two of the best vocal groups in terms of harmony and sounding good together. Out, you know, out of anybody else, and maybe with this song, you should have had maybe what you think vocals. Maybe the first tenor singing lead, and then maybe having the falsetto doing the hook. And it might have right. came together a bit. Yeah, because that guy who's uh, I, I don't I don't know which guy it is who does the high falsetto part. They tend to have him sing quite a bit of the leads, and what it tends to do sometimes is make the songs be monotonous vocally because you're like, well, I already know what to expect, and you know it's basically these two guys, and I feel like they're trying to emulate Silk. So it's like the guy with the high voice is like he's trying to do what John John does when Silk starts all of their records. He kind of starts it in. And then the other guy who has more of a Lil G flavor comes in later to try to bring the song home. So it, it doesn't always feel like, I don't know if it's really tons of funk that I'm hearing or if I'm just hearing them say, this is what I think Silk would do with the record. Because every song I listen to, I just, I feel like it's a Silk doorway. Like Silk would have... <laughs> Took it to the next next level, but th yeah, that's the thing I think on this too. Maybe switch it up a little bit. Uh, maybe drop the song in key. You know, sometimes if you drop it a little bit, uh, that guy who's doing that falsetto, he can sing more of it. His you know his stronger chest voice, and he may get you know may get something out of it because he has a tender voice. I, I really you know like where I hear he him going with the song. It's just sometimes you could feel almost the fatigue. How his voice is tired, like. He can barely do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, folks, we're going to keep it moving. Up next is track number six, The First Time. Yeah. You remember the first time? You didn't know it was going to be so good, did you? <laughs> I've been all around the world. You know what? It wasn't nothing like the first time, baby. Feel me, I'm feel good. I'm about to take it to another Just level. Like Deeper 
that was the first time by Sons of Funk. Okay, so this <laughs> joint right here, it it's a huge improvement. Yes. Over over the last song, the vocals are on point. Pardon the pun. The production is nice. It's uh R&B thuggery at it at its finest. I mean, one of them joints, the man, where it's like, and these cats might have been in the studio in white beaters, basketball shorts. <laughs> The Jordan 13s just singing with the ladies out there, you know, doing their nails. Like, it's one of them joints that says, it's R&B thuggery, but it's R&B thuggery, but they don't take it, you know, too far. So, quality track, huge improvement over the last two songs. We're going to get over the vocals to get his thoughts. Yeah, what's your thoughts, man? You know, I'm going to be honest with you, I love this song. You know, this, this it, it, it I, you know, when it initially came on, I started thinking of Timbaland and Aaliyah, uh, Your Love is One in a Million. And then it was like, me in particular, I'm one of those people, I love the talk box when I hear it and it's done right. Yeah. Uh, I really did enjoy this song. Like, it had a good feel to it. It was smooth. They weren't doing too much. It had a, it, it was like a really good R&B record. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't we hear it? You know, this this would have been a good, like, third single, maybe. You know, and it would have been something that would have been kind of smooth, a little funky, something a little thugging. You could hear it in the club or after the club. You bumped it in the car after you then, you know, caught you one while you were in there. You know, so it was, I enjoyed this song quite a bit. Actually, it's one of my favorite ones on this album. And this is a really good song. Yeah, it definitely has that, Um, to me, you know, even though I've been to Louisiana, you know, been to Shreveport, I've never been to New Orleans, but... For me, it definitely has like that southern, you know, soul going on, like the sound of New Orleans. Like it's just very sensual, very sexy. I mean, one of the joints again, it's like a song these cats could probably go to a juke joint in New Orleans, perform it in some Jordans, <laughs> throwback jersey, and some basketball shorts and still get every chick in there. It just has yeah, that, that mm-hmm. it, it has that feel to it and other groups like you know, like a boys to men, I couldn't see the boys from Philly pulling this song off. You know, I couldn't see yeah. a new edition pulling this song off. This is like Southern Soul at its mm-hmm. finest. Yeah, like it gives you that. Uh, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned Treeport. It reminds me of like a profile. Yeah. You know, sort of like in in that vein. You know, the country country thug soul type of thing. I, I look. This was a good one. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. This is, this was a good one for them. All right, up next is Side to Side. Let me ride it like a thug, ride a six foot. Let me ride it like a thug, ride a six foot. Let me blow your mind Erotic pleasures But I don't believe you're 69 Don't let me do you Like no other man has ever done No need to fantasize Recognize I'm the one I turn you out You turn me out Baby, it's going down I feel your waters Girl, I love it When you make that sound Side to side You better get ready Cause girl, it's on oh, yeah. All right, that was Side to Side. And once again, you know, the producer, the label CEO, messes the song up, all up on the song, all up in the video, just unneeded. But uh, (laughs) Side to Side is one of them songs to where it's what I call 
a chorus song or a bridge song where the chorus and the bridge is actually better than the entire song. Now, mm-hmm. maybe I'm showing my age, but I think even back when I was like 17, when this album came out, something about saying, let me ride it like a thug right at 64, <laughs> you know, that shit yeah. ain't working for me. Yeah, like, that you know, is horrible. <laughs> that's not working for nobody out there. So, so my young plays out there, don't ever tell a young lady you're trying to approach, yeah, let me ride it like a thug right at 64. Like, who the hell says that? So, oh, oh, like that line. That line, I cringed every time he said it. Yes, this song, it felt. I don't know. It, it almost felt. It felt so inspired to me. It almost felt like it may have been the last song that they recorded before the album was complete, because it just didn't. It didn't even feel like they wanted to do it. Like the singing just was just so like I'm only here. I'm just doing it. And funny enough, you know, we didn't get to the end. This tells you how crazy a song is when Silk the Shocker's part is, pro- is my favorite part of the song. Because <laughs> I tell you, it, it's just something about the song. Like, as soon as Pete came on, you hear that, uh, you're like, oh, why? Then he going to ride it like a 64. I'm like, come on. I'm like, do I want to skip it? You know, they try. you could tell they tried to salvage it. But like I said, without Silk the Shocker toward the end, I think this song would have been a total loss. One of them songs, man, where they was probably in the studio with that, uh, four-part <laughs> mental harmony like and these cats was probably doing this song they were probably the marshawn lynch before marshawn lynch was saying i'm only here so i don't get fined so right. Sons of Fox was probably mentally saying to each other looking at each other with no eye contact we only here so p don't find us that's why we're here like you know let oh, them yeah. go on it <laughs> let them uh, go on and say they've been on they've been on the label two years and haven't gotten a check yet they're like look we just need to get back to our regular jobs our nine to fives so let P say, let me let me ride it like a thug, ride a '64. Oh, it's his label, so we yeah, can do right? it. Like, what can you do? He probably did it after they were gone. <laughs> All right, so ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we're having too much fun up here, so we're gonna keep it moving. <laughs> up next is a, a, another collection from the ghetto R&B thuggetry fan book, and that is. Making love to my bitch. <laughs> this is real. This song is dedicated to the woman that was down for me. That's right, that's right. She showed me true love, I was in them streets. No, that's right. She body body. Can you feel me? Whenever I feel like giving up. These streets just gets me down. Whenever that night in my mind is aiming the wrong direction, and she's always there. That girl is down, damn, I swear. To my bitch, those other girls don't mean shit. Got my head all in a trip, girl, it's on me. Still making love to my bitch. No other woman can tell me shit. Got my head all in the trip. Girl, it's on me. She's always there. She needs to be. The girl be down for me. Give her life for me. Die for me. All right, boys and girls, that was uh, from the chapter 77 of What Not to Say to a Female, Make a Letter to My Bitch by Sons of Fun. All right, oh, now, <laughs> now check it out. It's nothing wrong with R&B thuggetry. Nothing wrong at all. Jagged Edge, Jagged Edge has perfected R&B thuggetry. But again, as a man who's approaching the age of 40, I think even when I was 17, like this wouldn't have been a song that I particularly would have would have bumped. In hindsight, this song might have been better with them just singing the hook and possibly going to you know a, a rapper on No Limit. 
like, I mean, seriously, like, ladies, I mean, I know you guys might like it rough sometimes, but, <laughs> like, yes. you know, who, like, making love to my bitch? Like, come on now. Like, seriously, like, just, I, I, that's all oh, I'm going to yeah. say. Like, I, I got I got nothing. Vocals, you, what you, you think? Know, and this song felt so out of place on the whole album. Even though they're, they're doing more of a, uh, you know, style R&B, this song felt so out of place. And initially when I revisited the song, I put it on and I turned my back to do something. And I had to stop myself and say, is that Tupac? But no, it's somebody trying to sound like Tupac. So the song really, it just felt so random. Almost like, hey, we got this one sitting on the cutting room floor. You need to use it or, or you're going to lose it. And they just <laughs> threw it in there. Because I mean, this this was not very like <laughs> at all. Yeah, man, like I said, you know, and the hook is fine. Like, you know, the, the hook is cool, but it, it just seems like it'd be, it'd, it'd be better suited for a rapper on No Limit as opposed to, you know, a full-on R&B track. Right. It's, it's very misogynistic, very, uh, damn, I mean, I am getting old. I'm saying, I'm saying misogynistic. But it, 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 I guess, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, that around that time, you know, was the NWA and everybody was trying to, I want to say ratchet up the, you know, the yeah. thuggery and, you know, just the, you know, vulgarity. I, I just felt it was so out of place because it was like, you, I felt like they wanted to position these guys as like, you know, uh, just an urban R&B group, more along the lines of like, a, not as, we'll never say they're on the level of a Jodeci, but like a Jodeci or like, you know, at that time, like a Silk. I think Silk had just come through with uh, their first album. So I felt like they were trying to position them like that. And throwing this one in there, it just felt so random. Like, I almost wondered, like, what was Master P thinking? Like, did he was he even part of the process to sequence the album? Like, hey, let's throw it in there. I got an uh in the front and a dude sound like Tupac, who I'm cool with. Let's just try it. Yeah, so, all right, that's all we can say about that song. Up next is the song that got them their notoriety. Probably their best song first appeared yeah. on I'm about it soundtrack, and that is pushing inside of you. And I'm about it the first time. That little, uh, yeah, that's all we can say about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand. Look perfectly. <laughs> yeah, dope song, perfect single, voices mesh well together. Um, truth be told, I think this might be the song that may have got them their deal because oh. hearing the tracks that precede pushing inside of you and then hearing pushing inside of you it's a totally different vibe and to once again to piggyback off what you were saying earlier it's almost like a lot of these songs were just thrown together and they should have kept the same vibe with the entire album as pushing inside of you because again 
where P was when this album dropped back in 98, got, P could have probably fucking signed Yanni to his label and just said, you know, Yanni plays No Limit Hits with the whatever instrument Yanni <laughs> plays. And right. folks would have bought it because cause he was that hot. I mean, it was like what Drake is doing streaming-wise before Drake was even wanting to do music. So pushing inside of you, uh, best song on the album, their best song, uh, vocals, what you think? You know, and, and you can hear it. It, it, it. You can tell that they liked this song for them. You know, you could feel the enthusiasm in the vocals. And, and honestly, I, I'll say this, if you really listen to it, this is the only song on this album where you can hear four part harmony. Most of the time you're getting two, maybe throw a three up, a third person in there and considering it's four of them. This is the first time you hear four parts. And I, I the mixing sounded better. The sound was clearer. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if No Limit didn't even do this song. You know, because the way they recorded, the way No Limit was recording at the time, it didn't fit R&B. You know, it was really well suited for rap. You get your beat, you get a bunch of rappers in a room, go in there, give me 16, give me 8, give me 32, get out of there. You know, and R&B just doesn't, you know, as you know, R&B doesn't work that way. You can't throw it together. And this song here doesn't sound like No Limit had any part of it except to put it out. Yep. All right, up next is Sons, I Got Pick Up. So a P-free version of I Got Pick Up. this song to Urban AC and keep the original version for the younger crowd because again, this keeps the same vibe as the previous songs. Grown man, quality vocals, no P ad-libs, just, you know, really shows off their vocals and again, it's a shame because Sons of Funk were actually a very vocally talented group. The problem was the production didn't fully utilize their talent. So good song, no complaints. Vocals, what you think? Yeah, and, and actually, I, I feel the same way. I think definitely had they, they could have, you know, and back then when this was, you know, R&B was really in a great place. They could have pushed it straight to R&B. It still gave people the feel of what P was doing. So if nothing else, you had a similarity, but it was different enough for them to do it. And like I say, this one sort of reminds me of like the last song. It doesn't feel like No Limit did it. You know, it was almost like they brought this song with them to No Limit, or uh, with them say, hey, we're taking submissions for this movie. You know, they brought it with them. People was like, oh, that's nice. And then had somebody then go in and fix the, his track up like that so he could use it for himself. So yeah, I like this one. I like this version much, much, 
much better than the Master P version. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> All right, up next is Don't Wanna Let You Go. See, this joint right here, this is Grown Man R&B. This is the Get Your Lady Back song where you're outside her window with a boombox pretending oh, wow. like a John Cusack and say anything. Ooh. Dope ballad, dope song, um, good harmony. Once again, vocals are probably going to say that this is probably a song that he, he took to them and, you know, he got them their deal and he let them be free. But again, this album is up and down, almost like a yin and a yang because yeah. the first half is kind of weak, but towards the end it really picks up and you really get to hear these brothers singing and you know, once again, you know old heads like myself and vocals we all knew yeah. how big P was back in the day, so even if he would have just had maybe like one or two uns on the on the record and just let these cats sing it would have sold regardless so right. Beautiful song, one of my favorites. Locals, what you think? You know, and I liked it. As soon as the track comes on, you're like, okay, this might be a good one. And, you know, outside of like, you know, the, the lyrics were a little ABC to me, but literally the harmony was good. Um, the voices still sounded fresh in the recording process. You know, it didn't sound like they've been doing, you know, recording for six, seven months and was ready to get out. The voices sounded good. I liked the harmony that they used. But that, that, that track, Man, that track is strong. That's, that's, that's one of those. I think you almost could have just uh, crumpled up paper bags in the middle of this track while it's playing and people would have liked it. Like, that's a good track. And I don't think they gave anything to take away from it. So, yeah, I like I liked this one, too. All right, up next is Hey Lady. Bye, Supreme. 
Quality track. Um, yeah, like that, that how often do you get an R&B album to where the first half is like kind of mediocre and then the second half picks it up? And again, it just goes to show how they kind of got shafted and lost in the shelf because the, the last shit since we've been since we been on track nine has been quality vocals, quality production. Um, yeah, and nicely in the reverse. <laughs> they usually yeah. put all the good stuff first. So, what you think, man? You know, what I liked about this song is number one, that see those little Italian style guitar little riffs that they do. Whenever I hear those on a song, I'm enjoying that. But I felt like because this song was, you could tell it was it was a song in a lower register. And then instead of having the really high voice guys sing this lead, they had that second guy, the little G of Sons of Funk, they had him do it, and then they had the high voice guy was just doing the ad-libs on there. That was a good contrast for me. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed, like, you know, the harmony was simple, but, yeah, this this was one of the ones I really liked. They even made a note when I was listening to it, like, yeah, this is one of the ones I like. All right, folks, well, we've reached the end. Last song, Time Will Tell. song that's messed up by the label CEO um, <laughs> similar to the first song it's nothing wrong with P being on the song but I would have P either be do his verse in the middle or at the end because the lyrics he goes on for too long and the message doesn't really resonate as strong as right. it could have I right. mean, it's, it's obviously a song about gang violence and you know Mr. Helms and everything but he messes up a good song just with his rap, similar to the first song. Bad way to end the album, and obviously an insult to these brothers and their singing by over, trying to overshadow oh, them. Vocals, what you think? Yeah, it, you know, you kind of nailed it because I felt like when it came and I was waiting for Mystical to come on and start rapping, like not to hear Sons of Funk sing anything. You know, this felt like it was a I Got the Hook Up remix. You know, this felt like something that should have been on P's album and had them come in. Uh, maybe the the message resonated with them because you could tell from the singing like they really had some conviction behind those lyrics, the little parts they did sing. But this song really just felt like a, like where did this even come from? Like is this like P had an extra one on the album that he sung and just say let's throw it on there to complete the album and get this thing out of here? You know they were trying to during that time turnstile those records, 
you know, you go in there, you record a whole record in like, you know, a week, you know, 16, 17 songs. So, you know, maybe it felt like one of those, they just was like, let's put one on there to get it out, get this 13th one out and go. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame, man, because again, like it's some quality songs on here and I'm going to keep on preaching that he really should have just let Sons of Funk be Sons of Funk and not try to be on every song and over overshadow them because once again, like I said, where he was, he, he, this was going to sell regardless because that No Limit fan base was so strong worldwide, not just in the South, worldwide, No Limit had a huge fan base and, you know, the good songs on this, on this project make up for the bad ones, but I mean, it 13 at yeah 13 songs uh there's too much p on here there's too much um uh on there yeah. so it really affects the final grade so my top 3 are don't want to let you go hey lady and probably you and me tied with pushing inside of you and my final grade is a c plus Vocals, give me your top three and your final grade. Okay, I say my top three. Of course, pushing this out of you is always, you know, it's going to be in everybody's top three. Um, I also go with, uh, hey, I like Hey Lady. Um, and then my third one, um, I was going with the first time. Um, overall, I give the album a, a, a C, a strong C. Uh, slight little tweaks in the mix and everything. It could have got a C plus, but yeah, I give it a strong C. All right, folks. Well, this has been Derek Dunn with my guest, singer from New Orleans, vocal, Vocals Is. And, sir, tell the people out there where they can find on social media and where they can hear your album at. Okay. Well, of course, I'm on all social media under Vocals Is. That's V-O-C-A-L-Z-I-Z -I uh, on all social media platforms. And my music is everywhere. Tidal, Amazon, it's even on Pandora. Just look up Vocals Is, uh, Spotify, and uh you know, communicate with me. Hey, I love talking to everybody and uh, let's start working on this next one. All right, folks, this has been Derek Dunn with Reviews and Dunn with the latest edition of Throwback, a.k.a. Flashback Album Reviews. Up next, I may keep it hip-hop and I might finally do Camp Low, Uptown Saturday mm. Night, or I may keep it on R&B, but uh, just know that I got some more stuff coming for you guys. Until the next time, be blessed, be inspired, and in the words of the late, great Maurice White, be ever wonderful. Until the next time, done out. Hey. All right, man. So that was fun, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I love it, man. That's, that's a good, yeah, it's good always uh, it's always fun doing those. I'm doing um, Marvin Gaye, uh, I Want You, tomorrow with my, uh, my best friend's dad. Then I'm doing Subway's album. Next week, and Ooh, I gotta, that 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 uh first sub that that subway album uh the one with games we played with seven yeah the only Ooh. album the only subway album oh yeah yeah so I'm doing that one next week and a few more and like I'm I'm trying to get more singers and more artists um involved and I even tell folks like you know I was surprised that the Brown and jump on so I'm like man yo it's it's a fun time it's just laid back talking music and it's no different. Then, um, you know, what you talk about in, you know, the cypher, you just yeah. play the song, you go back in and it gives you a chance just to really say how you really feel. Because again, like I said, this album is uh, 22 years old and 17 year old me and 39 year old me have totally different ears. And I'm trying to think, 22, so when this came out, that meant, because I'm a few years older than you, so that meant if you were 17, that meant I was... 22, if I'm not mistaken, when this came out. And like, and like I said, they had literally no New Orleans or Baton Rouge presence. And considering No Limit was headquartered in Baton Rouge, they had no presence on the radio, no presence in the city. They never came and performed. So I always found it really weird because we heard pushing inside of you just like everyone else did when it came out. And we're thinking like, okay, because uh, at that time, my group was, you know, no one was entertaining us as well. So, uh, this is Brock Obama.
tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Done uh, with your host, formerly known as uh, DJ Aftermath, uh, but still the slow jam king, DMV's own Derek Dunn.